it is fitting for the subject that we have tonight, and that is the gift of God. Amen. And it's not centered around that which you have wrapped up in paper. Come on, somebody. It's not centered around what somebody sent you through the mail. Amen? So first of all, we're going to start out with identifying the gift. The gift is a thing given willingly to someone without payment. A present. God wants us to know more than anything that life is a precious gift and life is to be cared for, stewarded, treasured, and above all, seek God. Life is precious because it was given to us as a gift. We are here for a purpose and there are billions of souls on this planet just trying to make it in life to the point that our goals and problems has overlooked, have us overlooking the God that gave us this life. Amen. We allow issues and circumstances to avoid us giving God his praise. Come on, somebody. We allow uh, circumstances to keep from magnifying God and to worship God. Come on, y'all. Amen. In the sanctuary. Remember one thing if you don't remember nothing else. It was God that gave you life. And it was a gift. You didn't pay for it. God gave it to you. Come on, somebody. Life will always seem hard when we hinge our happiness on the shoulders of others and not God. When we hinge on the shoulders of our spouse and our families and our friends. Huh? Come on now. And they suffer some of the same need of happiness as we do. And have the need of locating where the source of the happiness comes from. Worst thing is when you hook up with someone that makes your life more difficult, it's hard for you to keep your sanity. Until we look at our soul unto God, real peace will never be our place of life. When we learn to look for the happiness that comes from God, we will never really know the true blessings of God. God's blessings is being happy in Him. But you keep looking in all the wrong places. Everyone likes new things. I do too. Come on, somebody. And we call new things happiness. But they soon get old. So you chase after something else new. 
<laughs> again to be happy. We chase after social status. We chase after positions. We chase after business and dollars to make us feel good about our life while leaving God on the sideline. God told you to seek thee first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. Am I right about that? Yet we continue to run our life the way we see fit. Forgetting it was God that gave us the life we live. Good God Almighty. Look how long we've been in error. We live some 40, 50, 60 years for we to decide to find out who God really is. And it was God that did the keeping. Come on, somebody. He kept you when you didn't even know him. Amen. People of God need to develop a, very, a, a better appreciation for the life God has given you. Regardless of what you have or what you don't have. Because you are still alive. Huh? Thank God for life itself. Somebody can't say that today. Because they clock ran out of time. My God. When you look in the newspaper and you see all the folks that clock ended and you don't think you got nothing to thank God for. Come on somebody. God has been good to us. Come on now. Even when we weren't looking for him, he had his hand on us. So, let's visit a few things. Go to Genesis chapter 1. I know you're very familiar with it, but still and again, we're going to go over it again. Amen? Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Are we there? Let's read it, please. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them, and God blessed them. And God said, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth. If you didn't get anything else out of this, God made you in his image. Come on, somebody. And then after he made you in his image, it said, and God blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply. That means God built a mechanism in you that you can produce another you. Look at the power of God. 
Then God said that he made man and then he gave him dominion over everything else that he made. Hello, somebody. So God put some special stock in you. And if he made you in his image, guess what? That's why he gave you a mind to be able to think. Huh? That's why he gave you a conscience to be able to know. Hello, somebody. He made you the smartest of all of his creation. Why? Because he made you out of the stock of himself. And you think you ain't got nothing to be glad about. There's one thing you can understand this. Ain't no cow, ain't no cow, ain't no other kind of beast is going to glory. The only one that's going to glory is the one that he's made after his own image and after his own likeness. Come on, somebody. So if you forfeit that, that's on your, that's you. It's your fault if you don't make it. God gave us all the tools to be able to make it because he gave us that gift to make it. Come on, somebody. Ah. Go to John, the, the bag Genesis up. Go to John chapter 1. St. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Are we there? Let's read it, please. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was Lord have mercy. In him was life. And he shared it with you. Wow. That's enough to be thankful for, for, for what God has done for you. That he shared. You can typify. He shared his life with you. Come on now. Why do you say that? Because he said he made you in his likeness. And after his image. So he shared his life with you. It's a shame that, that we can't give God praise. And we can't magnify God. After all the, the, the precious stock. That God had placed in us. How he put us to the top. Come on now. He put you at the front of the row. He didn't put you at the back. Amen. Amen. <laughs> In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Wow. Tenth verse says, He was, and the world knew him not. That's, that fit us every day. He was in the world, and we didn't know him. Come on, somebody. Read the book. He came unto his own. Israel rejected him. 
the Jewish nation rejected him. But look what he had to say. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God. Even to them, he gave you power to belong to him. He gave you power that he can father you. Wow. And you don't want him to be your daddy? Come on, somebody. You done ran into <laughs> some kids that seemed like they had it made. And you might have uttered the word even in your mind if you didn't speak as vocal. I wish I had their parents. Come on now. And you said it not because their parents were so likable, but, but because of what the children had. You got much, much more. You got the father of glory. Come on, somebody. There's a passage of scripture that said that he have cattle of a thousand hills. Come on, say, all the silver and gold is his. You got a daddy that's over rich. You got a father that's in the abundance. Come on, somebody. And any time that you have a need as a child, he knows how to supply your every need. Not your want, but your every need. Come on, somebody. The problem with the children of God is they want God to give them some wants. And God is looking for your needs over your wants because if he gives you your wants, then guess what? He ain't doing nothing but raising some small brats. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Because you can rest assured those that get everything they want and when they can't get it no more. Boy, no, 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 no. Let me do this one now. If they can't get what they want, they're going to fall out in the floor and start kicking. Temple tantrum. Come on, somebody. So God know how to keep you on the even scale. Come on, somebody. For as many as received him and welcomed him. Uh-oh. Welcome him. Oh, so that means you got to open up the door. Huh? You got to let him in. Uh, I think Sister Turner told us one time, God is a gentleman. He ain't knocking down nobody's door. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to open up and let him in. And then when you let him in, he said, he gave you authority. That's power and privilege rights as a child of the king. We got rights and we don't even know how to use them. We got power and don't know how to use it. Come on, somebody. He gave you power to become children of God. Not creation, but children of God. The creation has been done since the beginning of the world. Now it's another development that comes. Now you got to make find out whether or not you're going to be a child of God or not. Amen. That is to those who believe and adhere to and trust in him and rely on him. Come on, somebody. 
That means you got to get your priorities straight. Huh? God ain't raising spoiled brats. Hmm? God raising children to be warriors in the spirit realm. Come on now. Brats can't fight no war. Do y'all hear me? Let's go to Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 says what? Wait a minute. So if we're going to get this sonship, we got to understand the fact that God said even when it was prophesied, by the prophet Isaiah. Unto us a child is born. And to us a son is given. Don't that sound like a gift to you? And the government shall be upon his shoulder. That means he going to rule in power. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Ah, see, if we didn't run to hit the field and fun trying to get somebody else's opinion, we can run to the real counselor. Amen. You can go to the real counselor and probably keep your mind. Amen. Come on, somebody. But we base everybody else's opinion over what God has to offer us. He's the mighty God. Well, Jesus is the mighty God. And folks still fighting about who he is. You still got mixed opinions about who he is. The everlasting father. And then he said the prince of peace. Now you find out that if you ain't went all the way to Jesus. Now you understand why your peace is all messed up. And Come on somebody. You can't find peace in the midst of a storm. Seven verse says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there should be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Here I zeal back in the Old Testament telling you what God is fitting to do for you down the pipe. Everything God said don't mean that it's going to happen right then. But if God said somewhere down the line, it's got to be performed. Come on, somebody. Mm. 
the increase of his government and of peace shall be no end. Why? Because he is the prince of peace. Come on now. And not only that, he said, and upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to hold it with justice and with righteousness. Wow. So guess what? That should be a faith builder. That God kept his word. Come on, somebody. You ought to be able to ride on that. That when you read out of the book of Isaiah, you ought to be able to ride that God kept his word. Did we finish? Go back to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1 in the verses 16 let's read it please and Jacob begat Joseph the husband of Mary of whom was born Jesus who is called Christ so all the generation from Abraham to David are 14 generations and from David unto the care and the way of Babylon are 14 generations and from the care and the way of Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When his mother Mary was expelled to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of who? So she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, and you fighting on God giving you new birth by the Holy Ghost. Wow. Uh, if the Holy Ghost was precious enough to impregnate Mary, the Holy Ghost ought to be precious enough for you to let him dwell in you. It's a gift of God. Come on now. Nineteen verse says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But when he thought on these things, and behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not to take for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. I need you to grab hold to one thought here in that verse, and that's it. Why he thought on these things. Your thoughts ain't God's thoughts. Your thinking is not God's thinking. So don't tell me about how you see it. Versus what God said. Because what God said overrides how you see things. We need to understand that. Because we always try to interject how we see things in the scriptures. And it's not based on how you see things. It's how the Spirit of God revealed and uncovered things. Amen. Joseph would have put Mary away privately. In other words, he would have 
divorce Mary if he hadn't paid attention to what the Holy Ghost said. Y'all didn't get that one, did you? Hmm. He was about to go against the Spirit of God. My Lord. And God had sent an angel to talk to the boy. Huh? God said, ain't hold it, son. Don't do that. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. God, why would God have to send Joseph an angel? If I could interject what was taking place because the Holy Ghost had not yet been given. So then Joseph could only go by what he thought. So since God was making a move that was going to change the whole scope of the whole world, he could not afford to let Joseph mess it up. So since Joseph was a righteous man and a just man, God knew that if he got his attention, that he would listen. Why is it when God tried to get our attention, why is it so hard for us to listen? Why is it so hard for us to pay attention to what God is saying that God would require us to do? Come on now. So, the next verse says, and she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people. Wait a minute. Then the angel came, and not only did he tell him that she was conceived, that which was conceived in her was by God, but he also told her what his name shall be. So don't tell me ain't nothing in a name. Huh? Don't tell me that the name of Jesus is not important. Come on, somebody. If the angel come with the news that his name is going to be Jesus, guess what? There's salvation in the name of Jesus. And he came to save you. Why is it that so many people in the world is bucking against what came to save them? It's almost like saying, let me go and jump in the fire. Come on now. Next verse says, Now all this was done that in... Didn't we not just got through reading what the prophet said? Didn't we not just got through discovering that it might not be for right then, but it would be for later on? That what the prophet Isaiah spoke of now is becoming a past? Read the book. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, 
and shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted is God with us. Good God Almighty. God is going to wrap himself up in flesh and come down here to us so that we might have an opportunity to be saved, to, to get eternal life, to go back to glory, and all of this God did, and yet we still got a taste of rejection. Interpret God with us. If God hadn't been with us, probably over 95% of us in here would already be dead. For the life we live. Come on, somebody. And some of you still ain't got sense enough to <laughs> come out. <laughs> come, on, come on, somebody. When I say come out, you got to come all the way out. If you ain't come all the way out, guess what? You living on dangerous ground. Come on now. That means that if you leave here just like the paper, like I told you, the paper being full of folks that left here. Some left here today, too. Ain't no telling who all left here today. Come on now. And if you don't get your house in order, if you leave here tomorrow, ain't no point you telling God how long you've been in the church. Don't matter. Come on now. It's how you were living at the moment that you was taken. Mmm. I see some wheels turning. Come on, somebody. If they ain't turning, they ought to be turning. Come on now. Help me to get right, God. Lord, we need an hour of repentance that so we can get right with you because guess what? Time is running out. Ain't no point in dying like a fool, die. Come on now. Twenty-four verse says, And Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth the firstborn son, and he called. He didn't mess with her. Come on, somebody. He did not mess with Mary until the baby was born because that which was in Mary was holy and Joseph didn't want to make God mad and lose his life. Come on, somebody. When holiness is going on, don't you mess with it. When God is doing a holy thing, don't you mess with it. You better go back to where God told Moses Take off the shoes off your feet. The place where you're standing is holy ground. Don't mess with God when he's doing a holy thing. Amen. 
Guess what? That brings up this point. We ought to be telling God to do a holy thing in us. Huh? Come on, somebody. It's time to be holy or don't be at all. Be real or be still. Be in or be out. Come on now. Be hot or lukewarm and get spit out of his mouth. Amen. So, that brings us up to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2, verses 6 through 9. Am I right? Let's read it, please. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril. He gave you what? He breathed into you the breath of life. And guess what? That same breath is making people live up until this day. God has not retracted from what he did in creation. Come on, somebody. You here by the grace of God. Come on now. Hmm. You don't say, Lord. And man became a living soul. So guess what? This speaks of no other creature that God created for having a soul but man. In other words, God is telling you, I breathe some of me in you. Come on now. And what I breathe in you, I want it back. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You do know that what God breathed in you got to go back to God. Amen. Come on, somebody. It's got to go back good or it's got to go back damaged. But it's got to go back. Either way it goes, it's got to go back. Amen. Come on, somebody. But guess what? Our objective is to go back to God made whole. Come on now. You don't want to go back to God in broken pieces. You don't want to go back to God full of blemishes and spots. You want to be able to go back. Your soul wants to go back to God made whole. Because the only thing that God is keeping is that which is whole. Ah, you don't have Fruits and you didn't have vegetables that you picked them and you got the rotten ones out. You you didn't say, oh, I paid for this. I'm gonna cook it anyway, huh? Come on, somebody. If you do, your stomach gonna tell you about it. You picked out the bad and you kept the good. 
Guess what? God going to do the same thing. He going to pick out the bad and he going to keep the good. Amen. Even down to the point to where, let me see, your rotten spots are hid. God still see your rotten spots. Come on, somebody. You know, sometimes we have places on our body that we might take a little makeup and try to smooth it so it ain't visible. But God sees the invisible. He sees the things we hide. Ah, Lord have mercy. It's time to come clean. Well, the eighth verse says, And the Lord God planted a garden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God among every tree that is planted to the ground. And good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of... Wait a minute. Not only that, but it said God planted a garden and he put man in it. God put you in a place. Stay in the place God put you. Huh? If you want to be blessed by stay in the place God put you. You get out of place, you get out of order. And the consequences will be on you. Come on somebody. And so God put him in a place <clears throat> and he made it a place where everything it is ironic. God put him in a place where everything he needed was in that place. He didn't have to go nowhere else, Donnell. Everything he needed was right there. Even in the midst of the garden was the tree of life. God, I can't find anywhere where it said God prohibited them from eating from the tree of life, but he prohibited them from eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Uh, because the tree of life is good for you. The knowledge of good and evil will sway you one way or the other. Y'all hear that? It's whatever you like the most is the one you're going to gravitate to. Huh? If your evil taste is overriding your good taste, guess which one you going? Come on, somebody. And then we got we to gotta have it and say, well, I'll worry about that later. You better start worrying about it now. Huh? Your later might not come. The time we living in now, folks are dying and don't even know they're on their way to dying. Come on now. Man on the airplane fell out and they tried to, to, to bring him back and he died. And the man that tried to, to, to give him CPR, he came down with the COVID.
So you need to learn how to count your blessings. Come on, somebody. Each and every one in here don't know when they came in contact with somebody that had COVID. And then we have the audacity that want to steal act the food. Mm. That's a sad thing. They call that taking the mercy of God for granted. Amen. So let's don't take the mercies of God for granted. God put us in a place, and when God puts you in a place, he provides for you. These folks were put in a place that they didn't have to want for nothing. Come on, somebody. They went to the tree. It wasn't because they was hungry. They had plenty of trees in the garden to eat from. Come on now. But because they were persuaded to disobey the order of God, it caused them to get kicked out of the garden. God will kick you out of a place just like he put you in one. Come on, somebody. And at that point, it was hell to tell the captain from that day forward. She had to bear children in pain. He had to work by the sweat of his brow. Then they raised up two kids and one killed her. Tell me God won't mess your house up now. But watch how you present yourself before God because he will mess your house up. And he won't feel bad about it either. Come on, somebody. It's time to stop taking God for granted and start praying. Lord God, for repentance. Lord God, that I can be made whole before your face. Come on, somebody. Come on this gift that God gave you, he didn't have to give it to you. The day that you came in this world, he could have put his finger over your nose and made you stillborn. Come on now. Go to John chapter 14. God has done some great things for us regardless of whether or not we want to recognize it, uh, regardless of whether we want to express it. But God has done some great things in our life regardless of whether we got two pennies to rub together or not. Come on, somebody. You still here? 
Kind of a little chilly outside, but you still wrapped up in clothes. So that tells me God's still a provider. Adam had to go and sow him some fig leaves <laughs> to cover him. Come on, somebody. You still able to go to some of you to Dillard's and J.C. Penney's and all these other stores that Roe be going to. She be rolling. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also. If you call yourself knowing God, Jesus said, you ought to be easy for you to believe in me. Come on now. If you done done gravitated to God and want to know more about God and has adhered to God and trust God, he said, well, rely on me. Huh? He was sending them a message through that. He was sending them trying to open up their understanding about who he really is. Come on now. If you believe in God, believe also in me. He's trying to tell them something. Read the book. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare. Jesus said, I am going to make preparation to put you in a place just like Adam and Eve was in a particular place. You got to be in a particular place with God. Wow. We got to be in a particular, particular place with God. To see the hand of God move. To give you the authority that he had already spoken of in the book of Genesis. Because he don't retract. Come on somebody. To put you in a particular place. Come on. Can you just imagine being shut in with God? Good God Almighty. Moses got shut in with him and he was never the same no more. Moses got shut in with God and the folks couldn't even look on him no. They needed sunglasses. Although they didn't have none back then, but they needed some shade over there. Since they didn't have none, he put a veil over his head. Because the appearance of God was all over him. Lord have mercy. You know what they're saying? When we are right with God, and we shut in with God, we don't have to open up our mouth. (laughs) You don't have to say a word. It's known. Come on, somebody. If you got to wave a flag, baby. Come on, that, that, that means that you think that somebody miss you. Huh? 
But if God is in it, you don't have to wave a red flag. He put a spotlight on you, hon. Because you're a house that's sitting up on the hill that cannot be hid. Come on, somebody. Well, third verse says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may. This ain't got nothing to do with you going to the grave. Hello, somebody. This has got something to do with God coming back and getting you because he's going to come back and get some folks that ain't going to see the grave. This is talking about God is going to come back for the church and you got to be part of the church dead or alive. Hmm? You got to be in that category of being made whole. And when and when and if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again and will take you to myself. Don't that mean they're coming back and getting you? Huh? Are you ready to go? Come on, somebody. Are you packing up? Still running. Try to start the good and it stopped in. So we got to be prepared. To go. I, I have to keep on on this one because I need to get down to uh, verse 6. So let's read verse 4. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can... You don't know the way unless Jesus take you. Huh? And Jesus is not going to take you if you haven't prepared yourself to leave him. If you have overlooked the gift that he has given you, guess what? Why would he take you back with him? This ain't a Santa Claus call where you get your gift anyway. Come on, somebody. Six verse says, and Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father. Wait a minute. You cannot get there unless Jesus Christ take you back. That's why the statement was made that his name was Emmanuel, which is interpreted as God with us. He got to take you back. Come on, somebody. You got to work while he's with you. Come on, somebody. You got to cry out for help while he's with you. You got to tell God. You got to come tell God, God, I got some I can't help it. And I need your help. Or your I can't help it is going to keep you out of the kingdom. 
Amen. Luke chapter 7. Did it restart them up? And the verse is 11, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? Hmm. Let's read that, please. And many of his disciples went with him. And when he came now to the gate of the city, Behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the beard, and, and they that bared him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead set up and began to speak. And he delivered him to You better let God have some compassion on you. Amen. Come on, somebody. That tells me that God can do whatever he feels necessary to do. You got to have yourself in the position that you can get some of God's compassion instead of his judgment. Oh. You do know that's, a, that's another part of God is his judgment. Come on, somebody. This man had died. And evidently, they were on their way to the graveyard. Apparently, or maybe. But regardless, he was dead as a doorknob, as y'all say. Huh? And God saw. He saw, what did he see? He saw that it was that woman's only son. He saw that that woman was a widow. He saw that she was all alone. And God had compassion on her. And he gave her her son back. Good God Almighty. God give life? Here God is giving the gift of life back? And you think he can't handle the little problems you got? You think that he can't help you make it through your issues? Most not presenting them to him. Huh? Come on, somebody. Robert, he saw something in the woman. What is he seeing in us? That will cause him to have compassion on us. Amen. Do we, do we, we, we need to keep going? What verse we on? Let's read it, please. And there came a fear of God, and they glorified God, saying, Behold, the Lord has come, and 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 the Lord has come, and
Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. What verse y'all said we were on? Okay, let's read it again. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God has visited. Wow. We ought to be prepared to see the move of God in the house of God. Come on, somebody. Because he was a prophet and even more than that. Come on now. The natural prophet brings a message. This prophet brought life. And he demonstrated what he had to offer. And that was the life to the people. And that God had visited the people. In the midst of chaos, God visit them. And the 17th verse said, And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. And the disciples of John, and John called unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or which we look for another. And when the men were coming unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Are thou he that should come? Or look we for another? And, and plagues and of evil spirits. And to, you know what that tells me? If God wanted this plague to be gone, it'll be gone. <laughs> Come on, somebody. If God felt that it was time for it to be removed, it would be gone. Hmm. He healed infirmities. He healed plagues. He removed evil spirits. Boy, we can get rid of the evil spirit and we can come into the we can come into the presence of God. Come on, somebody. Two spirits they don't occupy the same place. And to many that were blind, he gave them sight. He gave them the gift of sight. We ought to be trying to get God to take the scales off our eyes so we can see. Come on, somebody. We need to learn how to see how God see and not how we see. Twenty-second verse says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, the dead hear, the dead are raised, to the poor of the gospel is preached, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Now, look what this man said. Are you the one? Go back and tell John what you saw. 
<laughs> Go back and tell John what your eye 